Hello. I have an invitation to tea with the Queen. Yes, Emma's been expecting you. Please come in. I think that we just massively underestimate, especially as women, our own capability and awesomeness. And it, it's changed. It's changed my life completely. Yeah. Sometimes I think you go through this journey as a business owner and think you're a bit crazy. You're like, who am I to have this dream? Well, I just think women are hard on themselves. I wish I had been more confident in what I was capable of. But I feel like you do what feels right for you, then that's going to be always on brand. Women, our natural inclination is to be pleasers and to put other people before self. I've never had a tea with the Queen before and this is such a pleasure. (laughs) Hello, I'm Emma McQueen and welcome to Tea with the Queen. Have you ever thought of writing a book? Why not give it a go? Everyone, and I mean everyone, has a story in them waiting to be told. And if you're in business, a book not only builds your credibility in the market, it can make a real difference to winning business. But it's not easy. I should know. And where do you even begin? Well, today I have with me a book publisher. Her name is Susan Dean, and she's founder of Dean Publishing, based in the beautiful Massenden Ranges, north of Melbourne. We talk all things books, including audiobooks, as well as ideas on growing and running a successful business. Hi, Susan. Welcome to Tea with the Queen. Thank you so much for having me, Emma. Tell us, why did you start a publishing company? I started a publishing company because I was a coach. I started back in coaching in the early 2000s, so before most people knew what a coach was. So I used to have to say, no, I'm not a swim coach. Look at this physique. I'm not a swim coach. (laughs) Um, But essentially, I worked with Dr. John Gray, who a lot of people may know from his famous book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And of course, John Gray became very well known because of his book and his business grew. So as a coach, I then started to share my story and in a book. And then from there, it was an easy way for me to use that as a lead gen. So I had a coaching business going and it was successful, but I kept feeling like I was repeating myself. Um, like networking events, you're kind of like, oh, this is what I do, my elevator pitch. And it was so easier to just go, hey, I've got a book. I think you would love it and give them the book. And then so I used it a lot for a lead gen and to grow my business. And then, of course, I decided that it was not easy. And so I had done a couple of partnerships and got to the point where I went, I need to start my own publishing company with my own in-house editors and perfect this so that I can really serve the coaches, the speakers, the business owners out there on them not having to be the expert, but other than in their subject and we help them, you know, produce their book from start to finish. Yeah, perfect. So what kind of books or what kind of authors do you publish? I have published everything from lawyers to um, a lot of coaches, speakers, trainers, business owners, franchises, really it's just about someone being able to put their message in a book, put their expertise in a book. So it's mainly, of course, business owners of all shapes and sizes, but a lot of coaches, speakers, trainers. Yeah, sure. I mean, I know how rewarding having a book is for a business coach uh, and and a thought leader, especially since I've got one. Uh, But remind us, why is writing and publishing a book important for, say, a business owner? 
Well, first and foremost, it has them set as an expert because for you to be able to put your information into a book, well, then you've got to be perceived as knowing something, right, because you're putting it out there into the world. So I think that it gets you known. You're seen instantly as an authority, but it's also somewhere where you can show your wares so people can get to know, like, and trust you before they may engage in some of the other services that you've got to offer. Yeah, perfect. It's almost like giving them an entree before the main meal, isn't it, in some respects? 100%. So how does it work? What process do you step people through to write a book? There's so many different phases. So we we talk about proceeding. Once you've proceeded, what's your mindset? How are we going to get you going? Then we go to planning it out. What is your business? What do you want the book to do? You know, then we go through to producing it. So when I say the planning, that's when I work with them as a business coach in understanding their business. And, you know, there's so many different paths that you go on. Do you want to sell the book? Do you want to have the book for free, pay for postage and handling? How do you want this book? What is your other main product or service? Is it coaching? Is it an online course? How do you then feed that into that so that it's seeding them to the next step? It's enrolling them. So we look at it from a business planning. Then we go on to the production. So we understand the branding of the person, what's their key message, who's their key target market, all of those planning before we even start in the production of the book. And then, of course, we look at the structure. You know, is it in parts? Is it in chapters? Then we, of course, work with them on writing. Some people like to speak it out. Some people like to write it out. Some people like to do a combination of both. And then basically from there, we have got copywriters, creative writers, ghostwriters, editors, copy editors, structural editors, all of the different types of people that need it really needs a team to bring the book to the level that, that it should be as an expert and putting it out there. And then obviously there's design, your cover, your back blurb, all of that. So we've got a full team that works one-on-one with the client or they can go to retreat and learning group. But basically we take them from concept of idea all the way through to finished product and book in hand and, you know, distribute it out there. So it's really a lot of moving parts, but we kind of make it seamless for the author to take them through all of that. And how long does that journey take from concept to book in hand? Look, we like to say it's like birthing a baby. It can take (laughs) nine months. (laughs) Hopefully a little bit easier at the end. Um, But um, literally it can take nine to 12 months. But it really does depend upon the author. Some people can, you know, I've seen authors smash out a book in, you know, a couple of months. But to be realistic, to do it right, I usually say to people nine to 12 months. Yeah, when I was going through the process of my book, I found the most stressful part, not the writing, but working out the name, working out the graphics, working out the covers, all that kind of stuff, which is just not in my, you know, wheelhouse. So having someone to hold your hand through all of that sounds amazing to me. And you still get creative rights because you're still the author and you want to say, but you want experts to go, hey, here's a, here's, you know, three or four covers. Here's the titles. Here's the, here's the reason why it is a subtitle because we need to get the keyword searches in now because publishing has changed so much now. We're not just looking at bookstores. We've got to have our 
SEO word searches in amongst it so that when people are looking for it, your book can come up. We need to look at thumbnails for the cover that we didn't need to think about before. So as the publishing industry has changed, so does the process so that you can make sure that you've got you know, all the different types, a digital book, a physical book, you know, what what elements do you now need to think about that you possibly didn't need to think about before, you know, many years ago in publishing, yeah. Yeah, which leads me to my next question, which is about audiobooks. How important are they these days? People are really listening to podcasts and audiobooks all the time, but, well, that's what I feel, but is that true? Look, honestly, it's a bit like the the vinyl records that are coming back, you know, (laughs) showing my age. But, you know, I used to be recording on cassette recorders and I had all my records and save up and get my little 45s each week. But basically times are changing all the time, but I really don't think that you'll ever lose a physical book. You know, they say, oh, physical books are dying, people are wanting e-books and stuff. I would tend to disagree in the sense that I believe you've got to have it in all formats. People are visual, they're kinesthetic, they're auditory. How does the reader want to process it? So it's not about you as the author, it's about allowing the reader to access your information in the way that works best for them. So audiobooks are very important. Again, they need to be done well, they need to be done professional, otherwise they won't be accepted by Spotify and and you know your all your different audio platforms. But I believe that you need to do it in all formats, digital format, a physical format, and an audio book. And nowadays, definitely, you know, in the change of COVID and that, we're busy people now. We might be in a car. Our our cars now have access to be able to Bluetooth our phone. So we've, we've got an audio book. We can now jump in the car, switch it, Bluetooth it to our thing, or even sit the phone next to us and listen to these audio books, put our headphones in. We like to we're busy people where we multitask. We want to walk and listen to an audio book. Or maybe we were in bed and we don't want to read because our eyes are tired from being on the computer all day and now we want to listen. So I think it's just important to think about it from the reader's perspective rather than from the author's perspective. Yeah. And what's your view on the author narrating their own book or not? Look, I think 100% if you're the business owner, you should use your own voice. There's no question about that. Um, There's also things that people don't understand, you know, with all this, you know, chat GPT and AI and all of this that's coming through. As it stands, and I'm not saying that it doesn't change, but, you know, Audible and Spotify and that won't take certain AI books because, and they've got AI that detects the AI and they won't, <laughs> of course they do. They won't <laughs> distribute it. Yeah. And so we've got to be careful of that. But also I believe that the book is your, is your gate in, it's your business card, it's your introduction of who you are. So when people know your voice, just like a podcast, they're connecting with you auditory, they're connecting with you, your soul, your message through your voice or the same as when it comes to writing a book, you may get a ghostwriter to help you. But if you're not connected, if you're doing this all via email and the and the editor is not speaking to you and knowing you, how can they make that book sound like you, even if they're helping critique it a bit with their grammar? And that's why it was important for me that the editors know each author. They understand them. They use their language. It's the same with Audible. You don't want someone else speaking your words. You want them to connect with you and they connect with your voice. Definitely, I would say, as a business owner, if you were doing a fiction book and you were talking about, you know, 
whatever, like your unicorns and your fairies and your goblins. Yeah, maybe you might get a narrator that's got some really good different voices. But for a business owner, 100%, I say do your own voice. And just get a really good audio. Uh, You know, we've got teams that we use where they coach you through it and they'll get you to repeat something and they'll help you change around the tonality and things like that. But yeah, long and the short of it, 100% the author to read their book. I reckon if it's good enough for Simon Sinek and Matthew McGonaghy, I reckon it's good enough for us to narrate our own books. Absolutely. (laughs) What mistakes or misconceptions do people have when they're writing a book? Um, That's that's a broad question, but I'll try and answer it as briefly as I can. I think um, they think that it's going to be easy and just because they can put words together that it really means that the book's going to be great I think the misconception is a lot of people think they're writers because they can actually write or type that's a bit different to what is then perceived as a professional book that a reader can understand so when they're writing it I think you're writing it from where you're at you've got to write it that it's very plain and simple, that it doesn't need to be complex for the reader to take it on. I think that you've got to simplify it more than anything and not overcomplicate it. And so I think that's the really important and getting a really good editor to help you. But even before that, get a really good structure so that you know what you're writing in where so that it has a really good flow. So, you know, many mistakes or misconceptions, but I think that that would have to be it, is that just because you can write doesn't mean you're a writer. Yes, good point. I love that. As the boss, what's the typical day for you? I'm assuming there's not a typical day for you, really, but there must be some things that you do that typically is the boss work. Yeah, look, definitely, as I I said, I started as a solopreneur. So it's been a building and building of team. You know, now I have staff. Now I've got superannuation. I've got all this stuff that comes along with growing a staff, right? So basically, a typical day for me now, and I've systemized a lot of things, and I have, you know, a lot of systems in place, and everyone now creates systems. So it's a lot about, you know, humanize the front end, systemize the back end. And basically, so now my role is predominantly in the sales process. So I do both the sales calls. I like to meet the authors. I like to speak to them directly and get to know them and really help them with my knowledge that I've had over the years um, from a business perspective. So I do the sales and I do a book mapping, which is when they've signed up and they go, right, and I then talk about their business. What are they doing? What do they want this book to do? So they're my two main roles. I now have a general manager that runs all the day to day. I've got accounts people. I've got all my team are trying to get kick me out. And I'm loving that because I want to eventually get to the point where I'm just researching and finding out more and better ways to support my authors and bringing that back to the team. So I'm very blessed and lucky that I've got a very dedicated team that run all the day to day. And now essentially I just do speaking from stage. I do sales and I do the book mapping, the coaching at the beginning. Yeah. I love the phrase humanize the front end and systematize the back end. That's awesome. I love that. Tell us any lessons you'd like to share from anyone who's growing a business because it sounds like you've gone from this solopreneur space to really being the CEO of a, of a business. How long did it take you to get there and what other tips do you have for budding solopreneurs who want that CEO gig? I think what's really important, I'm a creative 
So systems and boxing me in and getting me to do micromanagement thing is really hard because I'm the creative. And and what I learned was in order for me to get to do more of what I love to do, I need to do some of the things that I don't like to do. But if I do them well and I do them once, then I can get somebody else to do them. So I hire the experts where I'm not. So it might be an investment of money, but I always look at it that if you were to buy an established business where someone had done all the work and they've got all the systems there and they've got all the database, you're going to have to pay for that. Someone built that. So rather than having, if you're building your own, you need to invest. You need to pay some experts on where you're not the expert, but learn enough about it that you're not going to be taken for a ride or that you aren't going to be getting someone that isn't. Research the person and say, do they have the expertise? They might be a little bit more expensive, but what I find sometimes is they end up being cheaper in the long run. So I'll find somebody that's really, really good at what I'm not good at. So I built my team and surrounded myself with people that are good at detail, good at systems, and hiring people that where I'm not great and focusing on what I am good about. So whether that be that you hire an external service to start with until you get that position built that you need someone full time. That's basically how I grew. Bit by bit, I would use an external person and then maybe get someone in. And then other times, like for example, I've got, you know, my backends all built on Infusionsoft by Keep. I've got a team of people that are experts and they might build out a really complex funnel, but I now know how to change it up and I know how to do all the, you know, bolts and bits and pieces. So I think it's really important to have surface knowledge because we can't all be experts at everything, but have enough surface knowledge to know what you're not good at. Own your stuff and don't try and be the expert of everything because you'll just burn yourself out and you'll end up costing yourself a lot of money because you could have moved forward really fast and started to generate more money because you've hired somebody else in to do what you're not great at. And so you can make that money up a lot quicker. So that was mean. Surround yourself with smarter people than you. <laughs> I'm definitely not the editor and the and the proofreader. Um, don't check my typos in my emails. Um, but essentially, I surround myself with an amazing team and I just built one by one built another person on, took another person on, you know, till I built up, you know, a team of 12 people and I'm now still growing, but little bit by little bit. But the systems, the one thing I must say about that is when you're doing something, you're not going to have time later. Do it now. If you're running your own podcast, what do you do? What do you say to them? How do you send it? Write a list out so that a grade three R could come along and do it write your system out so detailed put video in it you know create a system where you know we've got google sites and all the team have got every little thing that they need in there but basically it didn't start out like that so i hired someone that's really good at systems and told me what i had to do because then when you're ready to grow the system's already there i love that so you're saying to us just so that i'm i know what you're saying Make sure you do research if you're going to do outsourced. Make sure that you research what it is that you actually need to be clear. Surround yourself with some amazing people. Make sure you get people that complement your skill set. Maybe if you've got some strengths in one area, find people that have strengths in a different area and also have at least 
know how to do things so that you've got a surface knowledge. I also reckon when we have a surface knowledge, it's like bookkeeping, right? I did not want to do my bookkeeping when I first started, but I knew I needed to understand it before I hired the bookkeeper because otherwise you don't know how to measure success. You don't know how to measure impact. There's no way of knowing how to actually measure anything. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you don't need to be an expert in it. Like I understand surface of things. Like I might understand a bit of bit digital marketing and I know that I've got to look for a target market and I've got to do this and that. But do I really want to get into the analytics and the this and that, that, you know, like a dive in and test and measure and split test it? Oh, no, my brain, like, no, it's not for me. So I know enough about it that I'm not going to get somebody that's basic in it. You know, and that's why I say when it comes to publishing, you know, ask them, do they know indexing? You know, uh, do they do plagiarism checks? What type of books do they do? Are they just outsourcing it somewhere else? And then there's not that responsibility in-house. So I think it's important to get to know the person, but let them be the experts. We can't be the experts at everything. We can't possibly do it. So know enough about it, but don't you don't need to be the expert. Let somebody else that's taken all their time and expertise to study it and become that expert and then hire them to do it. Because essentially, like when it comes to say building out a funnel, gosh, it'll take me Maybe I'm doing affiliate links at the moment. So it might have taken us two hours to tweak to get these affiliate links. But to build the whole back-end system, took outsourced might have taken them two days. It probably would have taken us two months to figure that out, right? So the time that I've wasted saving money from that, I would have been better off paying the experts to do it and concentrating back on my business where I can be the person that's you know, doing the sales or helping more authors get their books. So I just think that we can't be the expert at everything. Know your strengths, know your weaknesses, accept them and pay an expert to go do what you can't do. Yeah, it's a false economy sometimes trying to do it yourself. When you think, actually, I should be doing the revenue raising. That's the job of a business owner. to Do what you do best. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to hear from you. And for any of those people listening who are business owners or thinking about creating a book of some sort, get in touch with Susan. We'll have her details in the show notes. And I can't wait to see who your authors in your lineup are next. Thank you, Susan. Thanks so much, Emma. Thanks for listening to Tea with the Queen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help to get the word out. For more about me, please visit emmamcqueen.com.au and I look forward to your company next episode. Goodbye. Thank you for coming.